Welcome back to the Excel Center here in Hartford, Connecticut. The score after two is UConn four, Merrimack nothing. Mike McNick here alongside John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. We're joining us here in the second intermission, Mike McMahon from the Mac report.com also from the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News and uh, Mike first of all thoughts on this game here through two periods of play only game of the week for Merrimack in their first game in a, in a couple of weeks but it's been a pretty emotional uh, time here for for Merrimack I don't you know that may play into things and I'm not not looking for excuses or anything like that but it seemed like they there were some chances maybe earlier in the game also here in the second to, to maybe get on the board score a goal or two and they weren't able to do that and then I think when when UConn made it, especially when they made it two to nothing, that really took some wind out of Merrimack sales. Yeah, I think, like you said, that first half of the second period where they had the better of the play, that's where you needed a goal. Uh, and it, the, the game has kind of had a, 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 an expected, I guess, flow to it in the sense that they came out a little slow. They haven't played in two weeks, and it gets to be expected. UConn's pretty fresh. They've also been playing, you know, they played on Thursday night. So you're playing a team that, that's had some games here you haven't. So uh, you came out a little bit slow. I thought, you know, UConn really controlled probably the first half of the first period. Uh, things were a little more even. The second half of the second period, Merrimack, I thought, took control at the beginning of the second period. Like I said, didn't get a goal. And then UConn turned it on there towards the end of the second. They pump in three goals, and, and they end up with a 4 nothing lead here at the end of two. So uh, the slow start, not unexpected, you know, given the circumstances. And uh, I, I think if they're able to get a goal the first eight or nine minutes of the second period where they had the better of the play, uh, it could look like a different hockey game right now, but that didn't happen, and, and we have what we have. Um, you know, assuming that, that the result holds up here, I mean, it would take a, a pretty strong third period here to come back and at least get a tie. Um, you know, I mean, does Scott Bork place an awful lot of emphasis on this game or, you know, considering everything that's happened uh, of late, I mean, the team's going to be going tomorrow, I'm sure, to the visitation for Lance Brady and all of that. Um, you know, do you kind of take a step back and say, you know, there's there's been bigger things going on here and, you know, we'll just uh, pick ourselves up and move forward? I think that's what you do. Yeah, you know, given the circumstances, obviously, of the, the emotional stuff they had to deal with this week and uh, haven't played a game in a couple of weeks. Last game they played was a pretty emotional game, uh, losing in overtime after scoring late. I mean, there's there's been a lot going on the last 13 or 14 days uh, for this for this team. So, yeah, I, I don't think you read too much into it. Uh, I think you can kind of reset, hopefully, the beginning of the week and uh, get ready for Maine coming in for two next weekend. You know, we replayed John Leahy and I. We replayed the great interview that John did with Lance uh, out in Bemidji back in November. Um, of course, nobody at that time knew what was going to happen. Um, and just listening to that interview again, one of the thoughts I had was, you know, boy, how excited he was to be here, to be in Division One, and, and be, you know, be be a part of the program. He's working so hard and everything. Um, you know, with everything that he was doing with video and, and stats and coaching and all of that stuff. And then, you know, now. We're not going to know. You know, here's a guy who, you know, retired from hockey and then he was, you know, in the working world and decided he wanted to get back into it, doing coaching and so on. And, uh, you know, working his way up through, uh, you know, high school, multiple multiple programs, multiple college programs, and then, uh, you know, getting up here to, to Division One. It almost seemed like, you know, you know, he was on that rise there. And now we're never going to find out what he would have been able to do. And, um, 
you know, and, but he was just so excited to be there. Uh, I just wondering what your thoughts were. Yeah, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me was I was up there on what ended up being his first day. Uh, it was before the season started. It was I was there to talk to, to Scott, to Coach Boric, and he was in the office, and he was the, the meeting right before me, uh, and he introduced himself right away, and uh, you could tell from that that this, that first meeting I had with just how excited he was to be a part of the program and everything, and um, and then from there, you know, it's it's kind of funny sometimes when new coaches come on board or new staff come on board, it can take a while for them to kind of work themselves into the uh, not not work themselves into the program, but just to kind of feel like you're part of it. I, I think you know he felt like he was part of it right away. That was the first the, the big thing I noticed was just how um, you know how how excited he was. Like you said, to be a part of it, he was always always talking to everybody around the press box. He knew everybody right away. You know, there really wasn't an introductory period. Just really personable guy that that worked himself kind of into the fabric of the program from the very second he took the job. Yeah, and, and, and you know, from the folks listening uh, who might not necessarily know, I mean, he was in a position there, behind the scenes kind of role there, director of uh, director of hockey operations. Tell us about what that involves here, especially at Merrimack. It's, well, it's a position that's kind of evolved over the last year. Um, it's uh, it's kind of a coaching position now. It wasn't before, but more and more programs are using that position as a essentially another assistant coach. Uh, I know one of his big responsibilities was obviously video, uh, breaking down video and, and going over video with the guys and. Uh, uh, you're allowed to be on the ice now in that capacity, in that position. You weren't before. Uh, it's a change that happened a couple of years ago. But uh, you can. it's a weird thing where I think you're allowed to be on the ice, but you're not allowed to technically talk to the players or coach the players. Uh, so I, I remember watching teams out of the Frozen Four, and you see it quite often where the hockey operations guy's on the ice, and he sees something, and he'll go say something to the head coach or the assistant coach, and then goes over and says something to a player. So there's there's little rules you got to go around, but it's it's essentially a coaching position now. And you know, there's other administrative stuff I know that a lot of the guys do in terms of handling travel and uh, you know other other things that the program needs. So it's it's a kind of a combined operation slash coach's role. Whereas maybe five years ago, it, it was almost entirely operations. Great job by UConn too. The nice gesture to wear the names on the back and the, the moment of silence. So UConn was really in on this whole thing. Yeah, that's that's good to see too. You know, it's 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 a loss. Like I, I think I read earlier this week, it was uh, hockey's put out a release and they said you know it's not just a loss for the Merrimack community; it's a loss for the whole league. So uh, it was good, to, especially. You know, this being Merrimack's first game, you know, since it happened, to, to be able to have uh, a moment of silence like that and honor him, uh, even though the game wasn't at home, was was special. I think. You know, it's another thing that jumped out at me was, you know, he, he coached uh, ten years at Assumption and uh, in, in Worcester, um, <clears throat> the Division Two school they play in the Northeast Ten. There, um, you know, not high profile, right? So not a lot of people are going to know about that. But uh, seeing some of the things that his former players uh, said, I think it was one of his former players, in fact, who succeeded him as coach when he when he left to come to Merrimack and uh, you know just the things that, that, that they said about you know gave me a chance to play uh, you know the, the, you figure he's got 10 years worth of guys that he you know coached and helped them take them from basically being kids going into college and you know graduating as men and moving on to life and so on um, these 48 years old is too young for anybody to go but if you think about it when and obviously we're trying to find the silver lining right but you have that kind of impact like he's had on, on, on so many people over that time and it makes me think you did something right, you know. Yeah, and I, and I would even say, just look at the impact he had on the guys here this year. The reaction from the players on this team, who he was only around for three months, 
you know, two or three months. You know, he wasn't he wasn't around around them a, a very long time. But uh, you can tell from from their reactions, the players on this team now, the impact that he had on on these guys here in a very short amount of time. And uh, I was talking to another coach in the, in the NE10 actually earlier this week who said the same thing. He was a younger coach, was a, a Division three assistant for a long time, and uh, he had told me a story earlier the week. He said, you know, I didn't know Lance. He goes, I, we just we never crossed paths. Uh, he goes, but when I took the job here, I had a phone call. You know, he called me with like the first day and, and just said to welcome me to the league and if I ever needed anything and had any questions to let him know. And uh, I think that says, too, a lot about the type of guy he was. Here's a guy he's going to be competing against. But, yeah. you know, from day one, it was if you need anything, if you, if you need to know about anything or whatever, just get on a phone call away. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report. Com, College Hockey News, and the Eagle Tribune as well here in between periods in Hartford. Um, what, what do you think would have, uh, what would have, what would the future have held, you know, for Lance, I guess? I mean, it's hard to tell, I suppose, but, uh, uh, you know, it seemed like he was, he was really happy about what he was doing, and, and, Getting a chance to do that, getting a chance to be so involved in, in, in hockey, obviously a sport that he loved. And, uh, you know, uh, I heard uh, Scott Bork talking before the game. Uh, and, uh, the players are all wearing the jerseys with his name on the back, but one of them was his number, number two, you know, and they're, and they're, they're going to try to put that together and, and, and present it to his family tomorrow. But, um, you know, this is a guy that, that you saw it uh, from all around the hockey world. I mean, professional hockey, right? Uh, you know, college, high school, whatever it was. I mean, this is a guy who affected so many people. It's amazing. Yeah, and the, the one thing that kind of sticks out, too, is at the level he was the head, he was head coach of Assumption for 10 years. And, and a lot of guys, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys that have played at, at that level, that Division three level, and a lot of them say, you know, that my coach gave me a chance to keep playing. Because a lot of those guys, you got to think, especially the ones that get recruited kind of last minute, they might be looking at the end of their junior career and going, well, that, that's it, I'm done with hockey. And then all of a sudden this call comes at the last minute, you have a, a, a second chance to, to continue playing and heard a, you saw a lot of stories on social media like that this week too where uh, I, I can think of two offhand I forget the players names I think one is actually the coach there now who succeeded him who said you know he didn't have any options he thought his hockey career was over uh, when he was 20 years old and uh, you know Lance made a phone call and made him an offer and he, he was able to go to Assumption and continue playing for four years and now he's coaching there so I mean that that's just one example of, of an impact he had on one kid you know if that phone call doesn't come he doesn't play at Assumption he obviously doesn't end up coaching there either so uh, just a totally affected that one individual's life but I'm sure that there's there's hundreds of stories like that that, that uh, and we've heard a lot of them over the last the last two or three days um, are you going to have anything uh, in the uh, either the Mac report or maybe the Eagle Tribune or, or did you and I missed it I might have because it, it, it was a pretty crazy week for me as well yeah I, I, a couple of things that the school had put out obviously and uh, and well, I'm going to try to talk to some players tonight as well and, and Coach Bork and stuff but yeah no, this week for sure alright thanks Mike we look forward to seeing that great work as always uh, getting all the info out we certainly appreciate it uh, want to remind folks that if you're interested, the visitation is tomorrow in Worcester for Lance uh, from 2 to 5 o'clock. Do you remember where it is? I can't remember the name, but I think you have it in the uh, obituary on the site. It is, yeah. I had had the, the obituary from the Worcester Telegram is, is on the website. I don't remember the name of the funeral home off the top of my head, but it's there. So, it is, yeah. yeah. So we'll ask folks to check that out. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. We, we appreciate it, especially coming all the way up here. Long walk to get up here, so uh, have a safe trip back down, as, <laughs> as the case is. Yeah, i got to hike back down. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon. Our guest here is, uh, he's our guest here in the second intermission. The score is UConn 4, Merrimack nothing. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.